You are listening to the Birmingham Property News Podcast. Join us as we bring industry professionals to the mic to discuss the latest developments. Hello everyone, it's me, Tom Bauer from Birmingham Property News. And for once, I've actually decided to leave the household. If it's good enough for Dominic Cummings, it's good enough for me. So I'm very fortunate that I'm only one minute away from our office here, right in the jewellery quarter. So I've popped down today because actually this is a very special Birmingham Property News podcast because actually we're venturing out into the commercial sector and talking more about that is our guest, Lee and Jackie. Uh, do you want to both introduce yourselves? Lee, we'll start with you first. Yeah, my name is Lee Gill. I'm managing director of a company called uh, Flow Office. Uh, we do office design, office interior fit out, um, and office furniture solutions. Fantastic. And Jackie? Hi, I'm Jackie Fury. Um, I'm co-founder of Workplace Consultancy, where Workplace Works. Um, we help people understand how their office environment works, um, and we help them transition and, uh, and manage that change for them. Fantastic. And this week's episode is titled, It's the End of Commercial as We Know It. So our panel are going to discuss that with me today. Is it going to be right? Is it going to be wrong? We're going to find out. And um, actually, one of the other reasons why I decided to pop down to the office is, as you'll see, lovely office behind me was actually designed by Lee and his team um, and really just lift the place. So Lee, you can probably tell us a bit more about that in a moment. Um, but first, again, I don't want this to be all about COVID. I'm sure everyone is sick to death of it. We want to acknowledge it. We'll do a little bit about it, but actually we want to talk about the future of it as well, because the UK is really staying in the olden times. Work patterns that we have today are actually based on old Victorian workhouses. And actually, is COVID going to reset those? So before we get straight into the discussion, what I'd like to do is just how is business for you both? So ladies first. Okay, Chucky, there we go. Okay. <laughs> um, it's okay, it's quiet. Obviously, what we do, we, ha- we normally study the physical environment to understand how people interact and use their office space. So all of that has stopped. However, we're helping people to facilitate change right now through this process. So um, we'd like to be busier, but we're okay. We're holding our own at the moment. And Lee? Um, we're surprisingly busy. I came back about two and a half, three weeks ago. All the office furniture manufacturers opened the doors again. Um, so we were starting to get bombarded with delivery dates and stuff. Um, so we came, well, I came back about three weeks ago. Um, and we've been really, really busy. Um, however, everyone's going mad for these acrylic, clear acrylic COVID-19 sneeze screens. Um, so much so there's now a UK shortage of acrylic. Nobody can get it. Um, which, personally, I just think is a temporary fix, but... Mm. All of our clients seem to want them, so we've been doing those. And we've had some new inquiries, bizarrely, of clients moving premises still. So I'm quite optimistic, more so than I was when I was off and, and I was thinking this year was going to be a write-off. I, I'm not so sure. I, I'm a bit more positive than, than a lot of other people are. So, Okay, interesting. So what do we think, actually, before we actually get into the nitty-gritty of commercial, what, what do we feel that what are going to be the new working patterns that we're going to start seeing and emerging as we come out of lockdown? So, Jackie? Okay, so I think um, we're going to see an awful lot. Obviously, we're, we've all been thrust into this home working environment, whether we wanted to or not. Lots of people were already doing it successfully and they've just extended what they were originally doing. And other people that were resistant have had to change. And actually, 
the feedback we're getting, we were working with a number of clients before COVID happened that were looking to change and move to an agile environment, but they were quite hierarchical. Um, they, you know, they, the whole status thing about the offices was still in place and they were reluctant to leave all of that. We've since met and spoken to them and they're quite happy to give it all up. Um, they're looking at their space being about a space where you come in and you collaborate. It's going to ideally be smaller than what they've got. Um, they really just need a place where people can come in, touch down. Um, they can have huddle space, meeting space, space to sort of, you know, check in and collaborate with their peers and colleagues. But it isn't going to be a place for physical work anymore. The work's going to be done at home predominantly. Um, most companies tended to do one to two days working from home. I think we're going to see that flip and we'll see people going into an office type environment uh, for one to two days and be at home for the rest of the week. Okay, yeah, so I agree with Jackie. Um, I think a lot of companies were already implementing it and have been for a few years. Um, we've certainly seen over the last several years, some of the bigger companies um, were already doing that anyway. They were trusting their staff after studies show that their staff were as productive at home. Um, so a lot of companies were doing it. However, um, you know, as Jackie said, a lot, a lot of other companies were scared, I think, um, scared to implement it. Could they trust their staff to work at home? Um, now it's been forced upon them, they've had to do it. And it's been a success. Yes. Every company that hasn't wanted to implement all the uh, technical issues behind setting everything up at home has had to do it. It's worked. Everybody's working just as well from home. Um, so I think we're going to see a hell of a lot more. Um, what it will mean is we can um, knock down the size of the space that the, that the client needs, um, save money in the long run. But, you know, I still do feel there, there is a need for the office. Myself, personally, I can't focus at home. I have to go into an office space to focus. It's a personal thing. With the younger generation, um, they're quite adequate and uh, you know adaptable to to laptops and work better on laptops i i find i have to work on a pc um, but i think as more of the younger generation come through they're more tech savvy and they can pretty much work anywhere um, so it will just be used for like you say collaboration um once to meetings a week maybe um but i also think people are going to start putting other stuff on rotation so certain stuff will be in certain days um and I think they'll they'll work it like that, um, do it as more of a shift pattern, whereby you know less stuff in the office at any one time and rotate the stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, you know my advice would be is if you don't need to go into the office, if you can perfect you operate perfectly well um, from home, then do so for as long as you possibly can. Just to make sure you manage your staff in a way that you're keeping in touch regularly and everybody still feels part of something. Those people that need to go back for whatever reason, um, you're absolutely right, Lee. It needs to be on a shift pattern. We need to minimise that, you know, make sure the social distancing is in place and we minimise interaction. So we're all safe. You see, there's a big thing at the moment about people panicking about going back to work oh, and the yes. environment that they're working. But you can make that safe quite easily. Or, or at least massively prevent it within a workspace. That's not the major issue. The major issue is getting to work safely and getting into the building safely. You're fine if you work in a sort of small single office somewhere in a building, but if you're in you know, a huge multi-floor office building and you've got to get to your floor, um, 
and social distancing getting there. You've got issues. You've got lift issues, um, getting people in the lift. I know um, myself and, and Jackie are both um, on, in the IWFM, and I know that they've done a study recently in one company who got 80 staff. It took them four hours to get their staff safely up onto their floor, yeah. which is just yeah. it's just impossible. So, you know, it's getting... The, you can minimise how much people are in contact with each other within the workspace, but people are forgetting that it's more dangerous getting to work on public transport and getting into the building and up to your floor safely via the lift, via bottlenecks on stairwells, via corridors. That, that's more risky than actually working in the office itself. Yeah, no, totally agree with you, Lee. Some of the clients we've been talking to are looking at they're already doing car share, but they're looking at extending that because it's all about having a controlled environment, an environment that you can maintain and make sure the, head, the hygiene is at the correct level. They're looking at um, having sort of a minibus service from key areas where their staff are located geographically. And some are even going more radical than that, that they are... Uh, one client in particular has a, a massive office in the West End of London, but a lot of their um, staff are young, the young demographic there, and they're travelling all the way across London because it's one of these really trendy media-type companies you everyone wants to work at. Yeah. Um, and they, they're looking at taking hub space closer to where they are the other side of London so they don't have that risk of that journey in because you're absolutely mm-hmm. right. When you get on public transport, it's not controlled. They can do as much as they want to clean it, but the minute... There's more than ten people on there. Who, who knows? <laughs> and the danger is, we, with, I mean, I feel for company owners that you know are trying to manage their workforce, and that instantly, if somebody catches it, fingers going to be pointed at the the company itself. Yeah. How, yeah. how do you track? Was it the journey in? You know, you've got to. There's got to be a lot of trust put on the on the members of staff themselves. But you know, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. So you can make the area safe for them to work in, but how they get there and what they do outside of work hours, you've got no control over it all. You've got to trust that they're, you know, adhering to the social distancing as well. They're not going out with all their friends. They're not doing, and then it's really difficult to, to monitor. You know, it's very, very grey area. I think. Yeah, so, the idea of what that looks and feels like is different, isn't it? I mean, some people are really sort of. Um, concerned about the whole germs and hygiene thing and other people are really relaxed and, and not really bothered at all and wherever you sit on that um you know that scale <coughs> it affects everybody else around you because if you're not really super vigilant and you're super relaxed then you're going to maybe infect one another you're going to upset people one way or another aren't you depending on which side of the fence you sit on the birmingham property news podcast is sponsored by barrows and forrester property group If you're looking to sell, rent, purchase or have your property managed by one of Birmingham's leading property companies, then contact them on 0121 296 2600 or visit www.barrowsandforrester.co.uk. And if you're interested in sponsoring one of the shows that we have, please feel free to drop us a message. I think obviously with with people trying to shrink down space and have less people in, less people travelling, etc. What is going to happen with these large, massive units that are there for commercial and office space that aren't going to get filled anymore? If mm. we don't need 100 staff in and we only need 20, again, minimising your costs, what, what's going to happen with these large spaces? Do you have any insight into that, what they could potentially evolve into? 
I think it's early days, in honesty, Tom, to predict what's going to happen there. I've been saying for an awful long time that um, the, the the office environment will be a place which is where you come in and you identify with the company that you work for. It, you know, it, it's a place where you can bring clients and it's a place where you come in and you, you interact with your team, but it isn't necessarily a place where you work. And I think this is just a step change we've needed to get out of that Victorian practices you were talking about earlier, to get us now to do things differently. Um, there is going to be huge swathes of office space that aren't going to be needed. I, I don't have a solution for that right now. Um, but, you know, I don't know. What about you, Lee? Any ideas? <laughs> you see, normally on these on the large office spaces, though, um, Jackie, it's, it's, it's quite easy, easy enough to divide it up. Um, mm. We work with a lot of... Um, you know, large office um, landlords who uh, have frequently got clients that don't want to take a whole floor, they only want to take half a floor, um, and we work, work with them and we split the floor up for them. Um, so that's working for the landlords as opposed to the end user of the clients. Um, we, we frequently get asked in Birmingham by, by some of the, you know, the large agents, can we go in and split uh, floor spaces? And it's quite easy to do. Um, yeah. It makes it much more leasable for them. So yeah. Um, I think that's the way that everything will go whereas one floor will now become two or maybe even four um, and there's ways and means around there's ways and means around you know all the welfare as well normally within a floor of, of such a size there is a way to work it so everybody's got access to welfare as well so. mm. One client that I'm aware of has actually kept the same amount of space. Obviously, a lot of these companies have got leases that are considerable lengths on, on the spaces they've taken, but they've taken that whole social distancing thing um, quite a long way and they've actually looked to remove furniture so that everything is much more spread out. There is far more circulation space in the, in the actual office itself, um, but they've still kept the same amount of square foot. Yeah. It might be the physical layout will change, but they won't actually give up the space itself. No, I think well, you're definitely right. I mean, at the moment, we, as you are, we, we're working with a lot of our existing clients on helping them redesign their existing space um, with the two metres. You know, I mean, the easy way is 50% occupancy because instantly you can separate desks that way. Um, there's other things that you can do within the space, um, uh, moving stuff around, it, uh, introducing individual work pods for people. Um, but, you know, you've got to have the budget to be able to do it. They're not cheap. You yeah. know, several thousand pounds just for one work pod. You, 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 the bigger companies will be able to afford to do it. The smaller companies can't. Sure. Um, so in those cases, you know, you're going to have to literally segregate um, furniture out, Put down markers and, and one-way systems as best you can, but again, reverts back to you, you've got to trust the staff to to adhere to it and and you know um, hope that they stick to the guidelines because all you can do is put these things in place uh, and hope people stick to it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a chain of thought that if you're putting up lots of perspex screens and you've got hand sanitizer everywhere and you're you're reading people's temperatures in the building on the way in, then you come back too soon. Yeah. Um, and they, I think there is something to be said for that. So I think for those yeah. that can stay away, do, and those that can't, then there's lots of measures you can take to make it safe. Yeah. With this, I mean, we've done a, a brochure on top tips and you've got all the usual stuff in there. Um, we've seen, there's a few things we've seen recently regarding um, aircon. I think the, the guidelines have just come out regarding aircon in buildings. Yeah, it's um, massive. I spoke it? to, um, I phoned, uh, do you know Chris Ward? Jackie from Hemlows. 
No, and those are a massive, massive aircon company in London and Birmingham. Uh, well, I spoke to their head of sales on Friday and asked, asked his advice because um, that was a bit of a grey area for me. Um, mm. Ventilation in the building, what do you do about the ventilation? Um, he said, open windows, yes, to let fresh air in, but only open them very slightly, not enough that when it's windy, a gust of wind could literally circulate the, the virus quicker than, than anything else. Sure. Um, they're they saying were talking that about that on the news last night, Ali. I don't know if you saw it, but they had illustrations no, of how it infected the area. Yeah, on the BBC last night. Um, the other thing they're saying is obviously, you know, for for um, environmental reasons, uh, we've been trying to save how much energy we're using. So what we've been doing is using aircon systems that circulate existing air within a building. Um, it's much much cheaper to do. However, by doing that, you're circulating the virus. So what they're saying now is you've got to flip that on its head and you've got to switch your system from internal internal um, recycling of, of the air to the fresh air, pumping fresh air in from outside, which uses a hell of a lot more um, energy and costs a hell of a lot more to do. But they're saying that's the only safe way to do it. Um, and then people who've got individual aircon units, you're supposed to leave them on um, very low but all the time. So again... <laughs> The cost involves when we spent so long. It's funny because we spent so long, Jackie, and we're designing offices. It's, yeah. uh, we've been designing offices for the last God knows how many years for people to collaborate. Now we're redesigning them for people to segregate. Yeah, we're going back um, to cubicles, aren't we? We're going to we are. And everything else. That's the old American style cubicles. Um, and, and, you know, we've been trying to make buildings as efficient uh, as we can. Um, to try and save the planet, etc. And now what they're saying is, you know, you've got to flip that on its head, at least for the short term. Um, again, in, in toilet areas, because they're enclosed, you've got your um, extraction unit. They're saying the rule of thumb now is you've got to leave that on 24-7 for at least the foreseeable future. So the cost involved in running that yeah. is going to be, it's just going to be astronomical. So where you're gaining on one, you're not spreading the virus on the other. You, you know, you've got the... the um, environments going out the window so mm -hmm. so many things to think about I mean I was chatting with someone that runs a university campus the other day and not only have they got that physical teaching environment they've got the the mess like not the mess the um the room you know where they all go to the bar they've got all the cafes and restaurant areas they've got you know all those um you know where they where they go and chill out and all that and it's like god how do you control all of that it's scary it really is it's, I mean, it's, it goes back to probably you'll have to give people set lunch set lunch times, try and stagger everybody's lunch. Yeah. Again, put your floor markings in place, so there's a queuing system, uh, the canteen, etc. Even down to, like you do with a desk, you kind of, the rule of thumb is you, you miss a desk, every other desk. Yes. I think you're going to have to do the same with existing soft seating. Um, yeah. Put a barrier in place or put something on a middle, uh, three-seater sofa, you know, mark off the middle seat that you can't use it with, whatever it might be, hazard tape or just just to try and get people to adhere to it. Um, mm. Most people are. Some people, like you say, are quite oblivious to it and, and you know, aren't that bothered about it. So Yeah. Um, I mean, in the physical office itself, the desk is quite an easy-to-control environment. It's, it's the tea buys, the toilets, the reception, the lifts, all of those things you talked about earlier, Lee. It's really hard to try and control those. But um, someone come up with an ingenious solution around the toilets. They've devised a sensor that sits above the door and it's red, green or amber. And when it's obviously red, it's in use. Amber, it's being cleaned, green, you can go. 
um, and these things like that. We're having to sort of diversify how we use our buildings and how we work in them. Yeah. I think I don't think anybody knows what really what the future of the office is going to look like at the moment. I think it's going to be, you know, it's going to evolve um, as we go on. Um, I think once the initial, I don't know about you, Jackie, once the initial, all this dies down in six months' time, Mm. will people start to go back to where it was before? I think a lot of them probably will. Yeah, there's two trains of thought. There's been some really bold statements. So Twitter announced about a week and a half ago that they are officially homeworking forever, is what they said. Um, But one of those, one of the things that I would challenge them on is actually... Well, we've all been in this state of, um, you know, pandemic and we've all been trying to carry on. I've not been working at the same capacity of workload as I would have done if I was still in the office. Um, One, because the work has slowed down and everything's changed. We had that initial pause for about a fortnight. It's like, oh, crikey, what are we going to (laughs) do? And then um, then when you get back to normal and you start to do stuff, you're not, I'm not working at the same capacity as I was when I was in the office. So what happens when everything gets back to normal, everywhere opens and we can move about again, And but everybody's at home? Is, is the broadband going to cope? Are they going to cope, be able to cope doing lots of virtual meetings? I don't know about you, but I'm kind of, there's lots of people that are getting like Zoom and Skype and Teams fatigue because it's just like endless hour after hour of video conferencing. So in the real world, there are some bold statements. People are saying they're going to homework forever, but I, I'm not sure how practical that will be in the long term, if I'm really honest. I think it's a bit of a suck it and see. Um, but, yeah, who knows? There's always going to be the need for a commercial office in my eyes, always. I'm going, to, I'm going to say that because of what we do. But. <laughs> yeah, no, I totally agree. I think there'll always need, there's always a need for a head office or somewhere you can identify with as a place of work. It's really key for young people coming into the business to feel part of something, for them to learn the ropes. Where, how are we going to train people if we're all sitting at home? You know, you need to have a space where you can all be. Um, I think it will just be different how we use that space. I'm not sure that we'll... You know, some companies we, we do studies for, their staff will go in at nine, they'll work till five, they'll probably interact with one person over lunch and that was it. There's no real point to them going in because they didn't get anything from being in that space. It was just a vehicle to deliver the work, uh, which they could easily do at home. But if you can go in and actually you can have those water cooler moments where you meet Fred from accounts and he's got a problem and leave from IT, helps him or whatever, you know, you resolve issues and it's the lifeblood of the business, then that's really important to keep that good stuff as well. It is, I agree. I mean, for me, a really nice, cool workspace massively, massively inspires all the staff. Oh, yeah. Um, you can tell the difference when you work in, when you walk into a space that post having a, you know an office design or office fit out done um, to, to an old-fashioned or old-style office before. And you can see the difference in the mood in staff. Um, and bizarrely, when you when you stood and you're discussing and you're measuring up and you're doing the designs, you get pushback from the staff all the time. But people don't like change at all. Um, yeah. It's funny because change has been thrust upon everybody with what's happened. But um, as a rule, people don't like change. They don't even like to sit next to somebody that I used to sit next to. And, but yeah, you go back after it's done, and and 
the change is that you can just see the difference in the, the way people are, the way they act, the mannerisms. It, it massively increases, so that, uh, there's always going to be a demand for it, in my eyes, um, because when you're in a room full of other people that you, you share ideas, tips and whatever, it just massively, massively um, yeah. inspires, inspires you to work and, and you know, be more productive. I think, personally, that's a personal no, thing. No, I agree. That. I totally agree. I definitely think there's a need for it and... I think not everyone, like you said, Lee, you, it's not conducive for you to work from home. It doesn't work for you. There's lots of people with childcare issues. They've got elderly parents at home that they may sort of share home space with. You know, if, if my mum and dad were home with me and they want to put the kettle on and have a cup of tea, they don't get it that I'm working. <laughs> so I, I think we really do need a balance and I don't think it can be all of one and, and you know, one or the other. It needs to be a balance between the two. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and I think on that, there's a couple of interesting points that have come out of that. I think particularly in terms of Lee, you were talking about the inspiring spaces. Again, talking from ourselves here in the Barrows and Forrester office, it was very white, it was very clinical, it was that American, here's the cubicle, you sit here, you do your work. And actually, now when you come into the office, it is inspiring, it's a lot more that agency vibe. Um, it's great to bring clients in here as well when we were allowed uh, and they were allowed to come a bit closer to us. Um, so, yeah, you can see in that element. And again, in terms of the productivity in the office as well, we've definitely seen that because people are coming in and going, yeah, I really enjoy working in, picking things up there. And I think, yeah, we've also covered the interesting points about that work-life balance. Um, obviously, at the moment, it's new and it's novel and it's quite interesting. But mm. do you want to spend a 38-plus hour week in your home, then the weekend, then with the kids, then with relatives, probably not the case. And I think, like you've said, there is going to have to be some of that balance because otherwise, if you don't take yourself away to an area where you need to, it's just going to become too intense. Yeah. Yeah. You've got to get out and get fresh air on you. You've got to. And you, people you are actually welcome going to work, I think. So give it another month and people will be, I oh, know I did. I had seven yeah. weeks off at home and I couldn't wait to get back in the office. So. And you've got to think about, so, you know, the university leavers, they, a lot of them come out of university with their degrees. They're really keen to get stuck into work. Their home environment might be a bed city in one of our major cities in Birmingham or London or Manchester, somewhere like that. Um, they can't be stuck in their bedroom eight hours a day endlessly. They'd be totally soul-destroying. They need to be involved with the business that they've been employed with. They need to understand what they're all about and, and learn from their colleagues um, you know, and the managers and all of that. So you can't do that from your bedstep. No, I mean, the other thing is, you know, the, the situation of ergonomics. We, yeah, totally. as you know, I mean, one of the key things when you're designing a space is all about the ergonomics and looking after the well-being of the staff. So, you know, standing desks, um, standing collaboration areas, um, just giving the Really it's good. Right seat, really, Lee, isn't it? Chairs, etc., etc. Yeah, um, and uh, I know the IWFM have done a big study um, around this and, and asked the question since COVID, and, and the results have been um, phenomenal. I think six, something like fifty percent have said they haven't got uh, a decent space to work from, um, mm. but no ergonomics. I think sixty-five percent said they're having to work from either a sofa or a bed or um, a dining table. Um, they're not going to have the right chair. They're not going to have the right, you know, facilities to be able to get a walk around. You can't walk and work when you're walking working off a laptop because you know you're going to be carrying around with you. There's, there's, there's so many things 
you know, around the ergonomics of, of working from home as well. So that I think there's going to have to be that balance. Um, you know, that you can do both, but you, you're going to have to do both, I think. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and as someone who's sat in a dining room chair <laughs> this last few weeks, I am actually quite enjoying sitting back in my office chair again. This is where I am at the moment, but I'm hoping to get into the office one day soon. <laughs> See, I'm in the office, I'm a comfy chair, I'm a task chair at the minute, so I'm, I'm fine. Exactly. So uh, we're moving, we are literally moving into the last 10 minutes of the show. Um, again, we've had some really interesting discussion points so far. So we've already covered what work-life balance is. We've already covered what cost implications there are. I do like to put people on the spot and they do hate me for it on the podcast, but I do like future predictions as well. <laughs> and in uncertain times, pulling out future predictions is even more exciting because it is like putting your hat into the ring and uh, watching it blow away in the wind. So what do we really think? Is there anything that's coming to mind in terms of what the long-term future of commercial business is going to look like? I've got some ideas, Lee. Do you want me to go first? Ladies first. <laughs> um, I think that the whole... Um, sorry, that's my dog going through the dog flap, if you can hear that. Apologies. Um, I think the whole, you know, the, the office environment where you can go in and you can rent space um, short term, you know, the, the whole... sort. Of, you know, that, that type of office environment, then I think that will actually come into its own. I think you'll find more and more companies that will relinquish great big buildings of space they no longer leave and have a much more flexible approach to their space. Um, uh, that's my prediction. I think we're going to see an awful lot more of that. Yeah, no, I, love, well, I agree. I agree. I think um, you definitely got to get a big shift in people um, splitting the, the the work from home office balance. Definitely, mm. I think we'll see more of people uh, companies putting staff on a rotation basis. Um, but I do see the need for the office. Um, it will never go away. I think we'll see a lot more hot desking. Um, I think. I think permanent desking will go, you know, considerably yeah. reduce. I think they'll shrink the office size down. They'll still, it'll, it'll be more hot desking, um, but a lot more collaboration areas, um, yes, a lot more collaboration zones. It'll be a, a more funky and contemporary place to visit. Um, but you still need the office space because I still think when you want to impress clients or win clients, I think it's a great place to show people and, and, and to meet with, with clients or potential clients. So, mm-hmm. um, and inspire your staff still. I still think your staff need to get together. They need to inspire each other. Um, they need to bounce off each other. Um, I just think they will do it um, on a rotation system in a different a different kind of a way. But, um, yeah. yeah. And it won't I work for everybody. more space, won't they, Lee? And I think, you yeah. know, that whole co-working space thing, I think, although it's already massive, I think it will be predominantly that because you can personalise and brand that space to be your company um, brand and ethos um so people can come into that space but they've got that flexibility when they need to um shrink or expand they've got much more scope so in periods like this for instance um you know they've got a lot more they're much more adaptable and i think space will be a lot more adaptable going forward i mean there was a massive rise in co-working spaces anyway as you know over the last two three years um we work's gone through it through the roof um, yeah. I was looking at because I'm as you know uh, Jackie I come down to London quite a lot and we meet up quite a bit um, and I was thinking about getting 
uh, space uh, at a WeWork in, in London because um, I've got clients down there as well. And uh, I Googled WeWork in London, and this was 12 months ago, I think, and there was 49 buildings then, yeah, 12 months ago. There's three in Birmingham now, just, just been opened recently. Um, I think it works, it fits the model, it's perfect. Mm. We've got different size offices that you can take. You can just hop desk if you want to just hop desk in there. So it suits small and large organisations, it suits a one-man yeah. band, but it just mm. gives you a really, really cool, inspiring place to work, um, collaborate and, and uh, you know, and bounce off of the people. So I, like you've just said, I think, you know, co-working spaces will, will will just increase and go through the roof. Yeah. They fit, yeah. They fit the brief perfectly, I think. Fantastic. And do we think there's going to be a knock-on then if if we're going to have more of those co-working spaces but people are going to shrink the spaces down? Do we think that's going to mean there's going to be more commercial spaces that can evolve into something new? Can the can the high street take over from that? I know we've not discussed that as much, even though I know the UK government and made the announcement last night that non-essential retail will be allowed back um, from June. So I think there's definitely a lot to go on there and uh, it's going to be, I think that's the good thing about it, it's creativity. And I think one thing people are good in terms of when there's a crisis, it's finding that creative edge and doing something out of nothing. I think the worrying thing... Go on, please. I think the worrying thing with retail is, um, and I'm a, I'm a massive advocate for physical retail stores, um, I don't buy anything online. I love to go out to shops and look and browse and touch and feel. Um, that's just my prerogative. But obviously, as, as the world gets younger, um, that's going to massively change. And I think with what's just happened, unfortunately, um, people have learned they can buy anything pretty much online. Um, I think all the companies with a retail space are going to start selling more and more online because if anything happens again, then now they'll always be able to sell products. Um, those people who are literally just retail fronted, you know, just got a retail presence and non online presence have massively suffered. Um, yeah, you know, I think everything is going to, everybody you can afford to will have a presence online and be able to sell through online, um, which might shrink everything down again, which is a shame. But personally, mm. I think it's a shame. Yeah. Go on, Emma. Jackie. Sorry. Um, yeah, no, totally agree. Totally agree. I think um, it's going to interesting times. I don't know that people will take less office space. I think we're stuck with social distancing for some time now. Yeah. So I think you might just find that there'll be a lot less in the space so that yeah. you have that distance between people. But, um, you know, again, I could be totally wrong. It really depends on when we get a vaccine and, and how quickly we get the, the R rating out of control and all of that good stuff. So um, I think we'll be living with this for a long time. I don't think it's going to go away, but I do think, you know, depending on how well we come out of it, will we depend on how we go back to the office. And Tom, the other last thing, um, as you know, with what you guys do, um, there's a hell of a lot of office buildings in Birmingham that have been converted to, to residential. Exactly. Um, you know, number one, um, number one, Agley Road, for example. I remember um, abseiling down that when back when it was the tallest burn, uh, building in Birmingham. Now that it was an office building, now it's all you know, apartments. So you've always got that element that they'll always be able to convert into apartments if needs be. So. 
Exactly. Well, the office space will not die. <laughs> they've been saying that about the high street as well for a while. Where the whole online shopping has gone boom and the high street has died, they've been talking about high streets will turn into residential. So we're going to just have this massive, massive residential space by the sounds of it. I'll tell you what always thrives though, independence, which is great. Mm. Independence will be popping up more and more, which is great to see. Your yeah. little coffee shops, your little bars, your little real ale places, your gym bars, etc. People still want to go out. People still want to eat and drink. So you're always going to get restaurants yeah, and bars. Which is really good, isn't it? Definitely. Yeah. And I think that's a nice note to end on. So I've been Tom Bauer from Birmingham Property News, live here in the JQ. Can I again say thank you to our guests? So we've had Lee Gill from Flow. I've also had Jackie Fury from Where We Work. Sorry, too many W's there. <laughs> <laughs> Jackie from Where We Work. Place works. Where workplace Where works. Where workplace works. <laughs> it's a tongue twister, Tom. <laughs> well, it's, it's the office. Uh, it's all gone to part, but you know. But yeah, thank you very much to our guests. Thank you so much. And that's been our latest episode of the Birmingham Property News podcast. Bye for now. Thank, thank you. you. Bye.